if you're looking to create something, if you have something that you love, if you have something that you are passionate about and inspired by, don't hesitate put a plan in place, don't put a plan in place, but whatever you do, make a move towards that. Make a move towards integrating that into your life on a daily basis. There is no better thing. There is no better thing that you can do. Hi, and welcome or welcome back to the Mindset and Performance Podcast. I'm Dries, a Mindset and Performance Coach. I help athletes and young professionals with their career development. We work on a wide range of areas from training to nutrition, but focus essentially on the mindset as it is the key to everything else. The whole idea behind this podcast is to deconstruct the habits that led people to their success, to learn from their experience and understand the psychology behind their actions and behavior, and of course, to know what kind of mindsets they have. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking to Elise Carver, the owner and soul surf style trainer at Little Bantam Health and Fitness Studio in Australia. Through her holistic approach to training and physical education, Elise inspires, encourages, and guides those with ambition to improve their health. Using a wide range of training and recovery techniques, Elise's surf style program is ideal for improving core strength, flexibility, agility, balance, and endurance. She believes that owning a balanced, healthy, and active body is what everyone should be aiming for to make the best of themselves. Our conversation covers all the spectrum from her beginnings to her amazing success. Elise walks us through her passion for gardening and growing organic healthy veggies in her backyard. We speak about her own practices and what helps her unwind after a full busy day at work. The lesson I learned from this conversation is that we are all and always asking the same question. And even though we might never get the answers that we are looking for, true happiness comes from pursuing what we love. Enjoy the podcast. So most of people know you for uh, for uh, your surf fitness exercises. That's correct. Like, But what else do you do? I mean... You practice, your practice is quite holistic. I've been searching a little bit, looking at your website and social media and everything, but I found a whole bunch of other things that are not only fitness related. Yeah, well, I mean, I've got, I have got, um, you're right, it's a holistic approach. So I focus on all aspects and actually moving forward into 2019, it's going to be even more so. So I've started, uh-huh. so I do this, yeah, I do the surf training. Um, but then I've also got active stretch and a big focus on recovery as well. And then I've also focused on now a, a bit of sustainability thrown into the mix, um, really healthy eating, especially uh, healing eating. And um, and then I'm also I'm going to start sharing things about my gardening, so homegrown veggies. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this because I think I saw a picture – today or yesterday with yeah. you you and the farm yeah well actually that's my house it's literally so we've literally got 500 square meters oh, so it's wow. you know your normal suburban home but we've managed to squeeze like 
10 fruit trees and eight veggie, gar- veggie gardens or veggie beds in there and um, three chickens. <laughs> wow, that's excellent. Is, is it down south close to Melbourne, right? Is that correct? Yeah, it's in, so it's in Torquay. It's probably about, for, so from Melbourne, it's probably about an hour and a half on a good day. Um, but we've also got Geelong, so the main town of Geelong, which is about 30 minutes away. And uh, yeah, I'm like five minutes or 10 minutes walk from the coast near Bells Beach. Excellent. So what are you producing so far from that farm? Oh, or like, yeah, do you call it a farm? Actually, a garden. Garden. What are you producing Yeah, like a home there? garden. I mean, one day we'd like to have a farm, but not yet. <laughs> um, we, uh, at the moment, we've got a whole heap of beetroot. Uh, we just planted all the seedlings for the summer crops. So there's, you know, spaghetti squash, pumpkins going in. We've got beans growing, a whole lettuce bed. Uh, we've also put tomatoes in because they're going to start coming up soon. Corn, potatoes, the blueberry plants are awesome. They've started turning, um, well, blueberries have started ripening, which is great. So, yeah, it's just starting to move. It's kind of that transitional phase, and we really only just hit summer weather here in Australia. So now we're starting to see plants really, like, really grow and make wow. the most of the sunshine. Awesome. Do you follow yeah. any particular kind of... Um Diet is not the right word, but like, uh, how do you call that? Like, um, when you follow a specific move or uh, yeah. kind of nutrition. Yeah. So I had, um, I actually had chronic gastritis for about four years, um, and I still, it's not chronic anymore, but my stomach still becomes irritated quite easily. And I mean, I honestly put it, tie it back to nervous system. My body doesn't handle stress very well, huh. um, so I really concentrate on on eating high alkaline, low acidity foods, uh, making sure that I stay away from refined sugars, um, minimal to no dairy. I'll make exceptions for, you know, like goat's cheese on pizza. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, staying away from gluten as well. And trying to avoid anything that my body just doesn't react very well to. So, you know, just being mindful of, of what I'm eating, when I'm eating, some people think it's a really hard way of living, but um, to be honest, after four or five years of perfecting it, I couldn't think of living any other way. And this is this kind of, shall we call it a diet? Is it okay if we call it a diet? Yeah, you could yeah. call it a diet. It's almost yeah. like a mix of like it's almost like a mix of candida eating because candida is um yeah. is a is a diet. The candida diet is kind of like a diet that stops the body from producing candida albicans, which can be responsible for a lot of health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and also uh, a little bit of FODMAPs thrown in there and then a little bit of high alkaline eating. So it's almost like a mix. And I mean, everyone's so individual that I individualized what I eat for me by just paying attention to the way my body reacted. I was going to ask you actually, if this is something you would recommend to people, uh, this type of nutrition. Yeah. I mean, look it, again, depending on who you are and what your body requires it really what you eat really should be an individual thing like some people who have the same thing i go through with candida and um and gastritis they can eat red meat no worries whereas for me i have to be particular about when i eat it and how often like i might be able to have one serving of red meat every two weeks and it has to be over lunchtime so that my stomach has time to digest it. But I definitely recommend people pay more attention to what their body's telling them. And then, you know, eating, eating what takes, um, takes a load off the body and reduces inflammation is definitely the best thing I could recommend. Is this kind of service included in your holistic practice? Is that something you serve your clients with? 
Yeah, if people want to do, I mean, my clients who come to the studio, happy to help them with their food. And because they're coming in and seeing me on a regular basis, you know, at least once, some some of them three times a week, this is just, it's just part of the service. Um, but those who are remote clients, um, if they pay the monthly fee, I help them with workout programs. But if food is a particular focus for them, even though I'm not a dietitian, um, I definitely give them guidance based on my own personal experience. Okay, speaking of people here, who are your specific clients? Uh, are they only surfers or do you work with a different type of people as well? Yeah, so I work with, God, pre and postnatal, so mums to be and mums who have been, they've had, you know, they've given birth and they're now looking to get on back on track. A lot of my clients too can be rehab clients, so people who've suffered uh, chronic illnesses or injuries and they're trying to get back to some some form of normalcy a place where they can be happy and you know move like they would like to uh, I also have some people who are dealing with um, mental illness and they just need someone who's in their corner usually what it comes down to is people who are looking for a sustainable way of training and staying fit and healthy. So a way that they can, it's something that they can do right now, you know, whether it be 25, 30, 40 years old, but all the way up until they're, you know, 70, 80 years old, it's, it's doing, it's taking the health and fitness approach um, in a much more forgiving manner rather than going, you know, really hard, really fast, like, you know, like most of society tells us that we're supposed to. How do you position yourself? What do you what do you call yourself actually when you introduce people yourself to people? Um, when I introduce myself to people, it's usually that I'm a surf style trainer, so founder and and at the moment sole surf style trainer. So I've kind of I've developed my own particular type of training program for surfers and non-surfers alike. But uh, yeah, so that would that would be okay. the long the short of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nice one. I have been speaking to some surf trainers and you definitely stand out. Definitely very different uh, from, your, from your type of training and also from, from the branding perspective as well. Can you, can oh, you tell you. me a little more about the, uh, the type of training that you offer? How, how different it is than, the, let's say, the regular or the other, the other people's type of training? Mm-hmm. Um, well, for one, it's, it, does, it doesn't make any assumptions about the person's ability. I think a lot of surf training programs can be very assumptive in that, in that they assume that people already understand the movement of surfing. Um, and the majority of people out there are beginners. I didn't start surfing until I was 21 years old. So the way I had to break down the movement of surfing didn't come from a didn't come from a restricted code way of thinking where I already understood the fundamentals, but actually came from an angle of I need to break this down in layman's terms, in the simplest terms possible that myself and other people understand by, you know, introducing tricks and understanding um, how the body moves separate of the actual action of surfing. And by doing that, I was able to then provide a program that was suitable and beneficial for people who didn't surf so if someone was looking to improve their core strength and engagement and their deep core strength it would still be suitable for them or if someone was looking to improve their joint stability and their balance it would still be suitable for them regardless of whether they surfed or not or did another sport 
I see, I see. And so what made you choose this field in the first place? Why surf training? Because basically um, I started, so I was a, I was a, you know, you're just your everyday personal trainer and I liken it to being a photographer who does baby photography and then becomes disheartened with that type of photography and then realizes that they actually want to be doing landscape photography. You know, it, yes, it, it's a training field, but when you get more specific to something that you love, it makes such a difference. And I sure. moved, yeah, I, moved, I used to be a, 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 you know, like I said, a normal everyday trainer. Um, and then I started surfing when I was 21 and I realized that I was actually five to six kilos too heavy in that I had too much muscle on my body. I wasn't pliable enough. I couldn't move fluidly and I didn't have great balance. Um, and so I started changing my training and, and, you know, learning off other people, talking to surfers that I knew, um, practicing moves that I'd seen, but then again, coming at it from a, I'm a beginner. I don't understand surfing yet mindset and then started developing surf style training and I realized how much better my body felt um, rather than being muscle dense and not having any mobility I found that my range of motion improved dramatically and I felt better um, felt lighter more responsive and yeah just it just seemed like the natural progression because it was it was a body type um, that I could carry on till the rest of my days, you know, till I got old. Yeah, I see. Did, when you mentioned uh, reaching out to other people and um, uh, was it like a mentors or, or some kind of other PT, uh, surf trainers? So I didn't actually, at first I didn't reach out to any surf trainers because um, for beginners it is, and I don't, it's probably very different in other parts of the world, but down here it tends to be a little bit um exclusive you know if you're not uh sometimes i find in the surf industry if you're not um there since the beginning you know since you were young uh you don't generally get a lot of help and that was another reason why i decided to do what i what i what i've done is because i wanted to help other beginners feel stronger and get better in the water um so for me i didn't really get a lot of help from surf coaches or surf trainers I actually got a lot of my help from other trainers or um, physiotherapists osteopaths chiropractors um, rehab specialists talking to them and working with them and understanding the body even further and then just practically applying it by surfing myself and then watching other surfers that were better than me and literally like filming them and then slow motion the video and break down the physical movement. Oh, I see. Well, you mean like uh, they refused to help you or they were not just completely unavailable? Com completely unavailable. A lot of the time, a lot of the time, and it's gotten better since I've been doing this. So I've been doing this now for, I mean, I've been a trainer for 11 years, but I've been doing surf style training for about seven now. And since seven years ago, it's improved much more. It seems to be mu much more inclusive. But back then it was people were just almost emotionally unavailable and in fact trying to find a surf coach or a surf trainer down this way was near impossible i see wow mm. i didn't expect it to be that way 
Yeah. I know, and neither mm. did I at the time. It was they—they they pretty much just trained kids or up-and-coming, you know, up-and-coming juniors, and everyone was kind of left at the wayside. Um, even now, I find that a lot of because I train a lot of women, and you know, they started later on in life um, surfing, like after they've turned twenty. And even now, they still say to me that there's nothing like this. Like I do land-based surf training, so I help with their techniques, but it's pretty much predominantly land-based. And then we go for free surf. So I go surfing with them and, and I might, you know, say to them, oh, try lean forward or I'll give them some suggestions in the water, but it's very much a free surf. And mm. even now they say to me that there's nothing like that around. And, and I live on the surf coast. There should be heaps of that stuff around. For sure. I wonder why actually. It's very interesting. Mm. Okay. So you have built a quite large audience and a successful business uh, accumulating many years of uh, hard work, I guess, and analyzing, reflecting, etc. But what would you say? What did it take to 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 build something like that? What are the mental skills, let's say, that you employed, and uh, that you still maybe employ in daily basis to create and achieve what you have achieved? Oh, look, I'm still learning on a day to day basis, <laughs> especially in the ever-changing um, world of social media and the internet, mm-hmm. things changed a lot. But when I first started um, surf style training, it was, I was, you just, you just have to be relentless um, to build my profile online. I really, and get the word out there. I really had to be working from, you know, six in the morning when I would start training clients to eight o'clock at night when I would finish answering emails and networking with people. Yeah. You just, for the first like two, three years, it was really just nonstop to the detriment of my relationship a little bit. Luckily, luckily my husband actually still married me after that. (laughs) (laughs) But um, now I have a much better balance. You know, again, another part of my self-development, the way I treat my business now is very different to the way I did seven years ago. But starting it up, you just, you just have to be ready to jump on every opportunity. Did you expect it to be that way? Um, I think because I had done a little bit of marketing experience working with, with Quicksilver because uh-huh. um, I was doing training part-time at one stage and working with Quicksilver Women's. And I got a bit of an idea and I learned tips and tricks and I was like, ah, oh, so that's what they do. And I understood a little bit. But then when you go into doing something like this on your own, there's nothing like it. There is nothing like it. You, it has great benefits to being your own boss, but at the same time, you are doing everything, especially at the start when you don't have, you know, a secret cache of money. To, For sure. To You're wearing all the hats in the same time. Not only exactly. the coach, but the marketing, the CEO, the general manager, the PR yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, you are You are everything. And I don't know, I mean, maybe there's a trick to it, but I kind of feel like if you love it, you just put your head down, bum up, and just get stuck into for it sure. and go for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so back then, when you when you think back about the the time where you started, was it what what was it like? Was it clear for you where did you want to take this, or was yeah. it kind of let's give it a try and see where it goes? No, I was pretty clear actually. It was one day, not one day. It was kind of a period of a couple of months. Um, Quicksilver Women's had shut down, and I moved into. I, I was like, shit, I need to make money while I build up my training business again. 
So I started building that up on the side part-time. But while I was doing that, I was working full-time in marketing for Cotton on Body, um, fast fashion, you know, miles away from what I would even be mm-hmm. looking at doing now. And I would fashion. go on Yeah, so like fast fashion, you know, like Kmart, Target, that kind of thing. So I would work in their head office and then you'd get one hour break for lunchtime and they had a gym. So I was like, great, I'm going to go there. I'm going to work in the gym. I'm going to work on my, you know, my program. I'm going to work on myself. And I remember this one moment and I saw this girl that I knew and she would be five foot five. And she was swinging a 16-kilo kettlebell over her head. And I'm just watching it. I'm going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And she lasted the session. But then the next day she she had to call in sick because she popped three ribs um, and strained her back. And I just went, that's it. I'm, i I got to really do this because where are all the people, where are all the trainers that are interested in long-term fitness, not just train hard and fast? at the expense of, expense of your body and your mental health. So that was a massive turning point. And then the universe stepped forward and made my position redundant two months into having that thought. And then a week after I was made redundant, I picked up a casual job and my clients picked up. And next thing you know, a year, probably a year later from that date, I was working full-time in my business. So um, you know, it was, that was a defining point for me. That's, that was where I went, I've got to do this. I'm, I'm meant to do this. So clarity is one of those uh, uh, mental skills that we were referring to before. And focus, mm. I believe, also, right? Focus? Yeah, totally. Okay, so it's quite... You're saying right now, correct me if I'm wrong, it's, it has been quite a, uh, a tough thing, right? A tough business tough to create it but at the same time enjoying it and loving it that's why you put so much energy in it yeah it definitely hasn't been easy I mean look I have great benefits I work from home um I don't have to pack my lunch for work I can make it right here uh if I choose not to do computer work for the day you know I'm only really working a four to six hour day so it definitely has its benefits but you know it's taken me it's taken me like five years with the, the the functioning studio Five mm-hmm. years to get here. And even now, you know, I'm working on the online site and it's slowly building, but, you know, trying to generate exposure seems to be one of the biggest battles. And it, it's, it's, a, it's a five days a week battle. You know, I've got to think about, okay, what do I do next? What can I do? For sure, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. How do you keep it? How do you keep that momentum? How do you keep things together? Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I feel like I don't. <laughs> um, look, I've now realized I'm 32 years old and I realized that my mental health is the most important thing. And if it's cluttered and um, overwhelmed, then my productivity levels plummet. And instead, I would rather just like pack my laptop away in the cupboard and not look at it. But now I've realized or lately I've realized that what's really important is to take breaks, give myself time. So I really do make sure that I don't get on my emails Saturday and Sunday. Um, When six o'clock comes along, that's it. I relax and I don't get on my computer. Making sure that I have downtime for me is what makes me survive so that when the time comes along, I'm way more motivated when I'm in the moment. And I've also learned that I have to start getting help as well. 
Yeah, exactly. I think we talked about it last time, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Are there any uh, specific uh, practices that you do, uh, like evening rituals and morning rituals, like evening as in things you need to do to cool down and ease yourself to a, night, a good night to yeah. sleep or uh, morning practices to sharpen up and be ready to attack your day and um, yeah, attack it? Yeah, definitely. Um, so without routine, my body is ruined because the body loves routine. So I always get up. Um, I get up quite early. I get up about an hour and a half before I start work. Luckily, I don't have to drive anywhere, which is a bonus. Um, but I usually I'll ride my bike or um, drive to the beach and take my dog, go for a half hour walk along the beach and try to make sure that it's, you know, in those very early hours of sunlight when you know you can look at the sun because you know that people might have heard there's all this stuff going around about um activating mitochondria and how it helps your circadian rhythms dr jack cruz very very interesting stuff um and then i go home make breakfast um have breakfast water the veggie garden then i'll start my day uh, and then at the end of the day on my last client when i finish my last client that's it i've knocked off um, I actually try to meditate and basically defrag, let go of everybody else's energies. I love my clients, but whenever we're in contact with other humans, we pick up other people's energies. So I really focus on clearing that out. And then um, I usually have dinner half prepped already. So I make sure I eat early. I'll have a shower if I haven't prior to my last client's. And I usually, at the moment, it's actually been really nice. At the moment, I watch like one episode of Friends, you know, the TV show. Oh, yeah, for sure. I love yeah. it. Because it's, it's hilarious and you can watch it without ads. So I'll watch like a 20-minute episode of Friends, have a cup of tea, and I'll go to bed at like, God, normally I'm in bed at 8, 8.30 and I read a book for about an hour. So and nice. I easily drift off to sleep. Yeah, I watch uh, yeah. Key and Peele. Do you know who that those guys are? Who is it? Key and Peele. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, they are very funny. It's often yeah. nonsense, yeah. but they're like, it's just funny. That's the thing. I find sometimes I find a really good way, I find a really good outlet is, one, avoid anything with ads because ads are a killer. For sure. But having a laugh is really nice at the end of the day. Like it's just, you just kind of forget about everything, anything that troubled you during the day. It's, you know, I just... I've always been a big believer in that, though. If I ever watch a movie or a TV show or anything, I always make sure it's something funny or happy because <laughs> otherwise I just go to bed feeling really down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. No drama before bedtime. Exactly. No drama. Okay, you mentioned meditation earlier. Uh, what kind of meditation do you do? Do you use an app, actually? I do. Um, I try doing it by myself, and that is one thing. What that kind of I meditation? Am... Pardon? What kind of meditation do you use? Um, I've just, just standard breath work meditation. I've even tried pranayama and that's something I'm slowly getting better at because um, I'm doing more uh, free diving and spearfishing. So I need it to help with my breath holds mm -hmm. and I'm naturally a very shallow breather. Um, but of late um, I've been using the Calm app and I find the woman's voice on there really relaxing. So it's more like visualization meditation or body awareness meditation yeah, a lot of you people know, have been talking about Cal calm app lately i have been using uh, headspace it's really good it's, really good. it's oh. just um you know you've got little pet projects like i did a seven days of anxiety because i was dealing with a bit of chest pain and anxiety not long ago and then 
now I'm on 21 days of calm and it's really, it's really good. It just, it, and you know what? It costs like 70 bucks. And at first I was like, Oh my God, I don't want to pay that. But then I realized, you know what? This so is my useful mental. for sure. Yeah, it, it keeps me accountable knowing that I've paid $70. It's like, well, you better bloody use it. <laughs> totally worth it. Actually. Uh, see, yeah, see how interesting is that? Like when it comes to investing in our mental health, we tend to hold back a little bit. Mm -hmm. and resist it a little bit more when it comes to eating something healthy or practicing something physical because it's, I think it's, it's because more t it's more tangible, right? Mm. It's, you can touch it, you can see it, mm. while the mental health is something that you plant and wait for yeah. it. You know, what's amazing though is that I actually have realized that um, stress and mental, like mental strain and stress is actually actually as tangible as those things it's just most of us don't know it i'm i'm actually blessed in that my body will respond really quickly to mm -hmm. stress like i you know my stomach will start flaring up or uh, my chest now i'm realizing my chest tightens up and all my muscles tense and so i'm lucky i see that as a lucky thing because as soon as i'm stressed i my body goes uh you're stressed and this Signals. is not good. Whereas, mm. yeah whereas some people can be marathon runners and be super fit and then next thing you know they hit the ground with a heart attack but they didn't know that they were so stressed with their job that it was putting pressure on their heart yeah you know it, it's it's um it really as much as we think it's not stress and and mental strain and fatigue really is as tangible as all those other things completely agree with you so mm. i use actually headspace as a meditation app i'm willing to try i'm willing to try the calm one too it's about the same price i think it's just that you don't you have only one voice option the the voice of the uh, founder the the, the, the guy uh, yeah, very yeah. nice british voice i actually like it but some of my clients when i recommend it to them, tell them i can't stand his voice yeah <laughs> it's either you like I him or not different people i know yeah. most of the calm ones is a woman who does calm um but I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. Some people like it. I mean, my husband uses Calm as well, and he's the same. He's like, I really, really like Calm. Her voice is really soothing, but not in a, like, airy-fairy way. Like, it's very much soothing in a, you know, it's just like a friend talking to you. It's yeah, not someone yeah. trying to lull you to sleep. <laughs> I see what you mean, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the, uh, there is one that I highly recommend for uh, against the shallow breathing. Uh, I, mm. I guess you heard about him, Wim Hof, of course. Wim Hof, the Iceman. Yeah. I certainly have. I've done a couple. I've tried his session a couple of times. Yeah, you did. Okay. But um, yeah, it's, it's, mm. look, it's, I, find it, I find it fascinating and I definitely, definitely think it holds merit I think the thing I need to do at the moment is just learn to breathe deeply before I start doing things like breath hold. So I'm yeah. kind of doing what I normally do now, which is going, okay, that's where you want to be. Instead of thinking about the end goal, think about, you know, how you're going to get here. And you actually mentioned it to me in the other session. I thought, ah, oh, I do that with my breathing. Why do I not do that with some other parts of my life? You know, think, okay, what are you going to focus on for the next couple of months, not five years down the track? Mm. So I find that by doing pranayama breathing for me is a really good 
step towards like being able to do some Wim Hof stuff because some of his stuff is awesome, but some of it's like it's intense. <laughs> it is intense. Actually, I, d- I did the session uh, 15 minutes of his um, breath work just before calling mm. you. It helps me mm. reset. It's a res- very restorative, I, th- I find it. Like if I oh, wake yeah. up in the morning and I didn't have a ni- good night of sleep or let's say I know that I have an important call to make or something, I just turned yeah. that, it's a YouTube video, 15 minutes, three rounds yeah. with deep yeah. sh- uh, deep, deep breath. It gives me, uh, I become a little bit lightheaded and everything. But yeah. at the end of that uh, session, I'm totally reset, focused, yeah, calm, reset. Hyper-oxygenating the body. Yes, it's, it's, really, exactly. it's really good for you, that stuff. Yeah, and do it also in the evening before sleeping, especially mm-hmm. if I had a bad day or a stressful day. So it's my reset point goes to to that and you can you see like if you try the same one after only uh 35 breaths you can hold your breath very easily without even air in the lungs for two mm-hmm. minutes yeah he um he's really good at uh at triggering and extending mammalian breathing which is that which is that uh breath hold absent of oxygen oxygen that you're talking about which mm. is incredible i actually worked with a guy the first time i came across it i worked with a guy called nan baldwin and he works with um steph gilmore and mick fanning and a couple of those pro surfers and i did one of his programs and pool training and he showed us a small snippet of mammalian breathing and we went from a so it's an exhale and empty your lungs and first we did a 20 second hold then about five, like not even five minutes later, we did a 30-second um, hold and then we jumped it up to 45 seconds and I honestly could have gone for a minute. It's pretty amazing what the body can do when you when you know how to approach it. Do you work with professional athletes as well? Yeah, I work with um, I work with a couple. I mean, I've got some pro juniors that I remote coach, uh, remotely coach from here. And then I've worked with um, a local guy who used to be on the Pro Juniors and then he was a wild card, Tim Stevenson. Um, he was a wild card at Bells about two years ago. And then I've also worked with Malia Manuel. Um, I've worked with her a couple of times over the last few years. And last year when she was here, she actually stayed with us for the duration of her um, of the the bells comp and we trained every day for like a week after she'd done after she'd done her her turn her turns in the contest because it's always recommended you know not to exert yourself when you're actually in the middle of a contest um which was awesome because you know as much as working with them i'm helping them they're also helping me i'm getting some great insights from athletes um and i'm working with another local guy who used to be on the qualifying series jack perry He's now seeing me once a week. So I've worked with a few of them. Um, my passion is probably working with the beginners to intermediates, but it can be really fun doing uh, more advanced moves and advanced practices with the, the pro athletes for sure. What do you think is the main uh, differences or difference between the athletes that you work with and the general uh, people? I think I think with these athletes again it's um it's that restricted code thinking that I mentioned uh, earlier in the conversation um some things are so innate they're just for them it's like walking um so when you ask them to do something they just they lock their body into the right position and they know how to connect and they know how to flow and that's what surfers are really good at really good surfers are really good at flowing their movements um 
and beginners, you know, you have to explain it in a different way. They don't always get everything and you've got to break it down a bit more. But I find that beginners to intermediates, the benefits are that one, they listen. So, you know, if, if you're trying to correct a technique, um, it's much easier to do it with beginners to intermediates than it is for a long-term professional surfer. Um, and they're super appreciative, which is, you know, it's a great feeling. I'm not saying professional athletes aren't, but there's plenty of people willing to help them. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of, they've got someone in their corner in every country, but beginners to intermediates, they don't, they're looking for that help. They're looking for that guidance. And I find that really rewarding working with them. Do you have an experience that sticks out in your memory when you think about, um, somebody you worked with in the past, not necessarily an athlete, could be anybody. Jeez, I've got a few actually. Um, I mean, you know, and some that are directly related to surfing and others that aren't. Lately it's been, lately I'd say the most rewarding thing has been um, I've started doing three times a week surf-specific training in the studio and I ran a camp for over a weekend with 10 women and we did training and active stretch and, you know, did some kind of really informal workshops like chats and conversations about surfing and health and fitness. But when I got on the beach and um, and part of the package was that I would film them so that they could look at their self-surfing. And that's like to get that is, one, watching yourself surf is one of the best things you can do to improve your surfing. And two, it's pretty much near impossible to get someone to film you. Um, People always say to me, they're like, why don't you post pictures of you surfing? I'm like, because when I go surfing, I don't have a personal photographer that follows me around. (laughs) Same for me. Most people who appreciate surfing that would film it want to be out in the surf with you. (laughs) So, yeah. So when I filmed them and I got all their content together and, and I sent their videos to them, I had a couple that were just like, They were so happy. And again, these are still intermediate surfers, but they were so happy and so impressed with what they had learned on land that then created these, you know, like really solid techniques in the water. So their bodies were just, they they were going from having to really think about their technique in whether it's, you know, rotations or faster pop-ups or picking the better wave they, it became innate. It became natural for them. And they, the feedback was amazing. Like it just felt really good to, to work with these people who are like, i actually feel so much better surfing. I actually can feel it. I connected my brain to my body. So that was really great. Um, and I must think be one very of the very rewarding to you. Pardon? It must be very rewarding. It's so good. Like hmm. above and beyond anything else, helping people and having them turn around and go, I feel better is, is the key for me. Not I look better. I feel better. That's what, that's what counts to me. And I think that's why I've had people with chronic illness or chronic injury. And I've had, I've had one girl, um, she had a car accident four years ago and sorry, a bike accident four years ago, crushed her ITB, displaced her femur. And she's gone in the last two years working with me from basically not being able to walk more than 10 meters without severe pain to now she's able to do, you know, one and a, like one hour walks along the surf coast. And we're talking about teaching her how to surf next year. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, to other people that might seem small, 
But to these people, it's it huge and it means the world. Yeah. Do you consider yourself successful? <laughs> it's a very interesting question. <laughs> I think once upon a time, literally maybe like a year and a half ago, I would have said, no, nah, I'm not successful. I haven't gotten to where I wanted to be. Um, and then I... I had to, through lots of help, mind you, with my Reiki psychologist, um, which I see on a regular basis, I had to realize that I wasn't celebrating. I wasn't celebrating the things that I had done. I was just thinking about the next thing I wanted to do. And because of that, it was like I was causing myself undue stress. So now I would say, yes, I'm pretty successful. I own my own house. I run my own business. No one is my boss. I can work 25 hours a week and still pay all the bills and go for a nice dinner. So yeah, I would now I would say I'm successful. Two years ago, a year ago, I would have been like, no, nah, still haven't done it. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting with the self-talk, isn't it? But oh, did yeah. you, did this came to you as an epiphany, like uh, from one day to another, or did you put some kind of uh, work or some writing or some kind of work to, to make that shift and start looking at the, the, the achievement that you have made and talking to yourself in a different way? Um, I think it was a bit of both. I think I had, um, cause I do a lot of EFT work with my Reiki therapist and a lot of energy work and she, she's amazing. Um, and I found that one day I walked in and I had a particular belief that was related back to my past and back to my childhood. And we did some work on it in the session and I bawled my eyes out of course. Um, and then basically the week that followed, it was like something lifted and I just went, holy shit, I've actually got it really good and mm. I got here on my own two feet. So that was the first shift and then, you know, sometimes the old beliefs creep back in and that's when I had to actively change the self-talk. I had to be like, no, remember, you've done this on your own. No one helped you, you know, you, you've gotten to where you are today and you are successful in your life not compared to other people, but in your life because of what you've done. So it's a bit of both. I don't think you ever stop having to remind yourself that, yes, you are successful. Exactly. Yes, you've done well. 100% agree with you with that. You, yeah. you should be constantly doing it. Mm, totally, totally. And then, you know, when you find yourself stuck in a rut and all you're thinking is how terrible you are and what you need to achieve, you get on the phone to someone like you, like I did the other week, and they can give you a bit of inspiration. Like, you know, when you said to me, what are the five to 10 things that you value? It's been so long since I've done that. And just hearing that question alone, it gets your brain moving again. And, you know, life is an ever-changing thing. If you're moving in one direction for the entirety of your life, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so here's the next tricky question. How do you measure that success? What do you measure it with? Uh, I used to measure it. Um, I feel like I used to measure it with all the things that were irrelevant. And then I realized that they weren't irre irrelevant, but it was the way that I was seeing them. Like I would measure it by how much money I made, uh -huh. how many followers I would get, how much recognition I would get. And then I realized that I was tying, tying a very um, empty value to all of those things. So then I started changing it to how happy are you? 
how well rested are you? There you go. Uh, you know, yeah. How happy are you? How well rested are you? Um, are you enjoying life? Uh, do you feel fulfilled in your life? You know, asking the questions that actually matter. And then when I started doing that, you know, and I started realizing things like money is just a, it's just a physical form of exchange. So if I see it as a physical form of exchange, what am I getting out of it? You know, is it, am I actually getting that much out of being bloody loaded? And I'm not, by the way, I am not loaded, but I am rich in experiences and rich in time. If I want to go and work for two hours and then go for a three hour surf, I can. And that's of more value. That energy is of more value to me than a hundred dollar bill in my back pocket. Mm, well, very well said. Addis. <laughs> mm. So my next question is about what are you after? What are you after when you, when you do what do you do? Um, Where do you see this going? Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Cause at the moment I am in a massive, um, I'm in a, I'm, fork in the road, I suppose, or my road is just changing. I like to think of it as a tomato plant. You know, when you grow a tomato, you're going to laugh at me when you say this. It's a really straight <laughs> analogy. Go for when it. When you grow a tomato plant, you know, it grows up. And the best thing you can do to grow a strong tomato plant is to grow it at least half a meter high before you let it shoot out in different directions. And as you do that, as you go along the way, you know, a branch will come out to the side and you've got to cut that off. So the energy goes back into the center and then it goes up and then a branch goes off to the other side and you've got to cut that off and go back into the center. And I've seen life, my life as, you know, one branch going out in one direction and I've either followed it or I've chopped it off. And then I'll lead it in another direction and I'll follow it or I'll chop it off. And at the moment I'm in that position where I'm about to chop another branch um, and move in a direction that's even closer to who I am and what I value. And for me, that is balance, balance in my life. I want to rest as much as I work. I want to wake up every day excited about the day. I want to be creative. I want to spend less time on technology and more time with my hands in the dirt and, and the ocean. So that's, that's the direction I'm heading in. And whatever I have to do and however I have to morph my business and my job to suit that is what I'm going to do. Excellent. Is there a plan already in place to start taking action toward that direction? You'd be so proud of me, actually. I literally, before really? we had this conversation, uh -huh. um, I was sitting down with a young intern. And, oh, um, wow, she, you made it. <laughs> I did, I did, I did it. And I said to her, I said, look, I want you to be the one who manages some stuff for me. You know, I will still create, I will still create the content and, you know, put the words down, but I want you to be the the manager, I want you to manage it. I want you to, you know, like I can still put my words in a post and share my knowledge with people, but I don't have to be the one who physically uploads it. I don't gain anything from that. In fact, I lose creativity and I lose time. So she's now going to be my manager. And when she's running low on 
on content or she needs some inspiration, she'll be the one that goes, hey, I need you. We need to organize a time to do this. Um, so I'm getting her help for four, four hours a week. She'll be on a retainer and I'm pretty much handing, relinquishing some control and um, handing over the reins of an aspect of my business. There you go. You're wearing <laughs> another hat now, the hat of a leader, I've leadership. I've literally just gained myself like six, seven hours in the week. It's incredible. <laughs> What did it take to do that? Uh, literally, I, I messaged her and I said, let's film some workouts at, on the beach and have a chat. And lo and behold, an hour and a half later, plan was in place for the 1st of January to be her first day. <laughs> awesome. Amazing. That's so yeah. great. I'm so happy you, you made that the, this move, actually. I think it's yeah, going to unload you a lot I from work. I need to pull, pull my finger out of my ass, but I definitely needed your help to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes what it just it, it just takes a conversation or a question, like you said earlier. Just ask yeah. you a question, the right questions, yeah. and then bam. Okay. Totally. Mm. Okay. A couple of more questions. So you what what's what's the story behind the uh, name you have on Instagram? Actually, Little Bantam Health and Fitness. <laughs> yes. What's <sorry>. that? <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to look for a word that described me. And Bantam came up, and it's small but aggressive and spirited person. Oh, yeah. Uh, When I looked it up, look what I found. Former town in, of Indonesia in the really? northern western corner of Java. What? <laughs> Once capital of Sultanate of Bantam. That's hilarious. And then also I found a picture of a chicken or a rooster. Or yeah, there's, there's, there's Bantam chickens as well. They have furry heads and furry feet. <laughs> okay, so what's the connection there? So basically, uh, yeah, so basically I liked the word bantam. Um, in hindsight, I might have just, I, I possibly should have just kept it bantam. But then I did bantam because of the meaning behind the word. Um, and then I put little in there because I thought it sounded different. And I don't look at myself as being particularly big. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it just stuck. And I actually thought about changing that not long ago and I put a, a you know, poll out to basically Instagram followers. And I said, should I keep little Bantam or change it to Elise Carver, surf trainer? What did you and get? And they were like, nah, they like, keep little Bantam. Oh, yeah, Everyone sure, keep it. It stands out. It. it sticks out for sure. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I just was like, okay, well, I'm sticking with it then. Obviously, it's there for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. you have two websites also. Uh, how, how do you connect the two or... What's the so one was um one was Little Bantam Health and Fitness and that was my original website before I had the online training site and that was my in situ site so it talked about you know what surf style training was who I was um what the studio looked like you know it was very much about the website for people who were actually able to come and visit me in the studio and then I started the surf style training website and that's the online program so. That's the one that I'm, that's, you know, that's supposed to become my passive income. That's when I 
you know, when I go, right, I'm going to do more gardening and more book writing, that's the thing that's going to pay the bills because there are people all over the world that are always like, I wish you were here, I wish I could train with you. So I built this site and it's got 30-plus videos um, and, you know, 25 of them are workout videos. The others are active stretch mobility videos and there's a document library and that's got, you know, workout plans using the videos. It's also got information documents and goal-setting documents and there's going to be um, – you know, I'm, I'm looking at doing a recipe book that may be available on there. If it's not available on there to download, then my members will be able to, like I'll be sending all the members a copy. So it's just got all this content that you can access to build your balanced, healthy lifestyle in a surf style training way. Um, and I'm actually going to be the other side, the little Bantam one, that's actually being shut down and I'm going to blend it into surf style training and just, just simplify things a bit so that if people are looking for me, they can find me either here in Torquay or online. Online. Tell us about <laughs> online places where we can find you, please. Yeah. So, uh, there is surfstyletraining.com.au. That mm -hmm. is the surf style training website. Um, then there's also little Bantam surf trainer on Instagram. And, um, I mean, obviously that's the best way to reach me if you want to direct message me or, or anything like that. That's a really good way to get a feel for who I am and what I'm about. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also on YouTube and I'm slowly going to build that. But I'm literally just taking, at the moment, I'm just taking the videos I post on Instagram and then putting them on YouTube so that if people want to use those on a bigger screen, they can. You know, it's really just an accessibility thing. They're also great samples for what's on the Surf Style Training website. Um, and then I've got a Facebook page. But again, very simple. I'm sharing like Instagram posts, some blogs. There might be articles or online content that I think are useful and I might reshare those with people. Um, and obviously people can message me through Facebook and ask me questions, but I, I don't like to, I don't like to spread myself too thin. So between Facebook, Instagram, and my online site, that's more than enough. <laughs> Yeah, I will definitely put all these links on uh, um, podcast notes for, for the audience to be oh, able to awesome. find you and so on. I have only one last question. It was burning yeah. in the back of my head since already a while, I think, since I came across your uh, your, your website and uh, social media and everything. It was yeah. about the unstable surface, actually. I even found like different opinions and everything, like for my oh, yeah. own surfing. Yeah, I, I used to train and I still train on unstable surface sometimes. What, what's that all about? What's uh, the, the controversy there? So it's really interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of people, um, a lot of people, there are a lot of professionals out there who feel like um, unstable surface training is irrelevant when it comes to the body's development and that everything you can do on an unstable surface, you can do on a stable surface. And I don't disagree with that. I actually think that that is very true. Anything you do on an unstable surface, you can do on a stable surface. The difference I find when I get people on an unstable surface is as much about mental flexibility, responsiveness, and comfort as it is about physical. With surfing, what I've learned is that it's such a mental thing. If you hesitate, if you're scared, if you're uncomfortable, and these are all mental things, it will affect your physical response. But if you've had practice doing different strength moves, 
different techniques. And I'm not talking about under load. I don't put any of my clients or recommend that anyone does anything on an unstable surface under load because it's unnecessary. It actually defeats the purpose of what you're trying to achieve, which is usually joint stability, responsiveness, flow, and being comfortable. Um, but by training on those unstable surfaces, you mentally become comfortable, calm, you're not hesitant, and you're responsive. your body's response mechanism is a lot more fluid. So then if you've had practice on land and you go out into the ocean, which is one big unstable surface, it stands to reason that when you surf, you're not going to hesitate when you paddle into a wobbly wave. Or yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it's, it really is as much of a mental thing as it, as it is a physical thing. And, yeah, I kind of had to – I did all the research and, you know, I've had people give me give me an absolute earful about, no, nah, it doesn't do this scientifically, but I've never been someone – to just work off what is scientifically proven. I'm very much come from an energetical, spiritual, holistic, mental, physical approach. And your mental state is very much tied to your physical response. 100% so as agree. far as I'm concerned, unstable surface training is and done safely is one of the best things you can do to improve your surfing. 100% agree. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's the thing. I think we're coming from a world that is very, very approaches everything very linearly, linear. I don't even linear. Know Thank you. Very <laughs> linear. <laughs> um, and when you look at something, when you look at something that is so multi-dimensional as is life and the experience of life, in such a straightforward, I'm going to say narrow-minded way. Go for it. Um, you are literally cancelling out 90% of your potential to improve as a human. Mm. And I yeah. just think, I mean, we're so educated in things like quantum physics and, you yeah. know, and, and light therapy and all these different ways of, and spirituality and energy healing that why would we just look at, look at health and fitness and physical improvement and strength and training, strength and conditioning as, um, as just what is the muscle doing? How is the muscle firing? It's not just about that anymore. And it never was. It's just that now we're we're smart enough and educated enough to know that it's about more than just that. It is. I know you have to go, and we're coming close to the end of uh, this uh, this call. Is there any particular message that you want to pass on to our audience? Yeah, I think um, if you're looking to create something, if you have something that you love, if you have something that you are passionate about and inspired by, don't hesitate put a plan in place, don't put a plan in place, but whatever you do, make a move towards that. Make a move towards integrating that into your life on a daily basis. There is no better thing. There is no better thing that you can do. Right, Elise, thank you so much. This has been really, really pleasure. cool. And uh, it was my pleasure connecting with you here. Thank you for opening up, sharing with you, with us your experience and all your nice tips uh, about surfing, fitness, health, holistically awesome. speaking. Thank you so much. Thanks to you. And I'll I guess we're speaking soon. soon. Yes, speaking next week, I guess. Yes, yes. All right, Driss, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,